Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to Tell Me Everything. There's a lot to get to. Memphis police released footage of the deadly assault on Tyree Nichols by five officers. By now, many of you may have seen the video. Many of you may have not. There's also footage released today of the home invasion and brutal assault of Paul Pelosi. We'll be discussing that. Ronna McDaniel resoundingly winning re-election as chair of the RNC after leading them to humiliating losses in three elections in a row and tripling her paycheck. So, you know, well done. Um, The January 6th rioter who assaulted Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick with pepper spray. Well, you know how they keep been saying for two years that Sicknick's death later that night had nothing to do with being assaulted in the face with pepper spray. He just had a stroke. It could have happened any time. Think about that when you think about Tyree Nichols dying three days after the beating he received from these cops. The rioter who assaulted Officer Sicknick was sentenced to six years in prison today. And White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain has officially tendered his resignation. What should we expect from the considerably less progressive Jeff Zients for the next era of the Biden administration. We are going to be taking your calls again at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. I'm John Fugelsang. I've been doing the show from Los Angeles all this week. Um, we've got some great shows planned for you tonight. We're very, very pleased to be welcoming three of our favorite journalists, three individuals I turn to all the time to help make sense of the world. Uh, Jamar Tisby will be with us, who can speak about racism and spirituality as good as anyone working in media today. Uh, We'll also be discussing labor and climate change issues with the great Bob Henneling. And our very good friend, Brian Karam, will be joining us later on as well to talk about Bill Barr and uh, what's going on with the circus that is Congress these days. Chris Hauseltz, our executive producer, running this thing. From the South Carolina Bureau, the great Thea Harper is with us running this thing from Brooklyn. Again, I'm here in Santa Monica hoping we have no more earthquakes and we welcome your calls all night long. Also, next week on the show, we've got some great ones. Our guests will include SNL's Anna Gasteyer, whose terrific NBC sitcom uh, American Auto just began its second season. We'll also be joined by a true legend, a guy who was in two great bands. Poco and the Eagles, Timothy B. Schmidt, and lots of other stuff coming up that I hope I can announce. Alan Cumming is coming here, I think. In the meantime, uh, we're going to talk about the video 
and we're going to talk about what people are saying about the video and we're going to talk about what it all means and as always our most important guest it's you guys uh, including our conservative brothers and sisters we always welcome your calls i promise you will be friendly if you do call 866-997-4748 let's do a show i'm just trying to get home you know for everything that's in that video that's my takeaway the words i'm just trying to get home Friends, it's as bad as we thought. At 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Memphis officials released footage of police officers beating and murdering 29-year-old Tyree Nichols. The footage uh, shows cops kicking, punching, and using a baton on the 29-year-old man who died three days later. The five officers have been charged yesterday with murder in the case. Now, if you haven't watched it, you don't have to. I, I mean, you don't have to watch this. It's, it's unpleasant. It's senseless. It's the worst things that men can do to each other. I think everyone should watch it, but I understand if you don't want to, you might not need this in your brain. But uh, look, I think all of this needs to be exposed more and more and more. I think taxpayer funded violence should be available for public viewing, including executions. I've always thought if we're paying for it, we deserve to see what we are funding. But you don't need to watch it. It's heartbreaking. It's painful, even if you didn't know this man. It's incredibly stupid and senseless. It's heartbreaking for Tyree Nichols. It's heartbreaking for his family, for his poor parents, for his, for his little child. His son who will never see his father again because this man was beaten to death by police after being stopped for a traffic violation. Now, the attorneys and, and the government officials have been kind of preparing the public for days to expect the worst from this video. We've been told Memphis police chief... Sarah Lynn Davis said, you're going to see acts that defy humanity. She said, you're going to see a disregard for life, duty of care that we're all sworn to, and a level of physical interaction that is above and beyond what is required in law enforcement. It sounded pretty strong when I heard it earlier today. I had no idea what an understatement it would be. The attorneys for the Nichols family have said it just shows an unadulterating, unbashed, nonstop beating. You knew it was going to be horrible. When the five Memphis officers were arrested on second-degree murder charges before the video was even made public. I mean, <laughs> Derek Chauvin, he had plenty of time. But now the video's been released. And it is as bad as we thought. When you watch it, you'll notice no one cares that Tyree Nichols was the calm one in the beginning. No one cares that he became terrified and without ever being violent or vulgar, tried to run to his home. No one stops the beating. No one shows up and tries to de-escalate. No one appears to be in charge. No one seems to care that it's just a goddamn traffic violation. No one says, hey, he's subdued. Leave him alone. No one just puts him in a police cruiser and takes him to be booked. No one's concerned that all five of them are beating the holy hell out of this man, and it's all on camera. No one stops it when a handcuffed man is repeatedly being pummeled in the face. His hands are cuffed, and they keep punching him in the face. No one renders any type of care as he lies bleeding on the sidewalk. No one checks to make sure that this young man screaming, Mom, Mom, is actually okay. No one seems to realize he's screaming, Mom, 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 because he was running for home. Not that he's George Floyd 
calling to his mother at the moment of death. No one realizes he's calling to his mom to come save him. No one realizes this is an execution. This is a crucifixion. They mock him as they scourge him. No one's surprised that these black cops were fired and charged right away. And no one cares about a trial. I mean, who cares? You know, I I remember Rodney King. I'm sure you do. I got to meet Rodney King. I was once a naive white kid who thought, wow, people capturing police brutality on video. This will change things. I thought it would change things. Now... The police themselves are the ones capturing the police brutality on video. Police Chief Davis says the video, in this case, doesn't appear to show any probable cause for the initial traffic stop in the first place. The police chief says there's no evidence to support the officer's claim that this young man was driving recklessly in any way. Here is Memphis Police Chief Sarah Davis describing the footage of five police officers' deadly assault on Tyree Nichols. These words are both shocking and heartbreaking. I was I was outraged. I was um, it was incomprehensible to me. It was unconscionable. And um, I I felt that I needed to do something and do something quickly. Uh, I don't think I've witnessed anything of that nature in my entire career. Really? Really. That bad? It was that bad. What are we going to see then? Um, You're going to see acts that defy humanity. She was right. She was right. And this happened in the city where Martin Luther King was murdered. I love Memphis. I love this town so much. And Martin Luther King III tweeted, I am deeply disturbed by the video released by Memphis police today. We all witnessed a horrific yet perversely familiar act committed by officers of the law. Everyone involved must be arrested and charged with the murder of Tyree Nichols, his family, and our nation deserve justice. And I'm glad he added that in the end. Because it's not just Tyree Nichols and his family. America deserves justice over this bullshit. Now, here's the tricky part for me. Here's the tricky part for me when it gets to the actual issue of racism. When it gets to... Well, I did something dumb today, friends. I did something dumb after the video was released. I I went on Twitter and I I searched in quotation marks two words as a phrase, not racism. I wanted to see what right-wing people were saying. And I wasn't surprised. I'm not going to say the names of these tweeters, but I'll, I'll share them. I copied and pasted. Tyree Nichols, how is this white supremacy when it is five black cops who are involved? Can someone please explain it to me? It's not racism. It's just power. Power doesn't give a shit if you are black, white, or yellow. Yeah, it does. Systemic police brutality, I will accept. Systemic racism, sorry. Five black cops beat a black man to death. That is not racism, systemic or otherwise. Another person wrote, completely proves it's not racism. It's bad policing, bad training, and bad supervision. Black-on-black crime is not racism. It's just crime. The issue isn't black-on-black crime. It's a police violence issue. You know, you get the idea, right? (laughs) The same people who say it's not racism if the cops are black are the ones who say, well, you, you know, Africans enslaved each other, too, so why are you being so hard on the Confederacy? Now, look, friends, brothers and sisters, I, I, I was raised white and liberal in America, which means I have done my time in the cultural salt mines of well-intentioned ignorance. So I get it. I get it. 
conservative white people. I understand why some white people would say, well, this can't be racism. It's black cops doing it to him. I get it. Just like I understand why some white people really want to believe it's not racism. But anyone who tells you that the killing of Tyree Nichols can't be about racism because the cops were also black, they don't really understand how white supremacy works. I mean, you look at how this culture turns white people against white people, how this culture turns black people against black people, how this culture turns women against women. It's hard for people who don't see racism in action. It's hard for people who can listen to Donald Trump say the first black president wasn't really born here and not see how that's racist. It's hard for people who look at the Confederate flag, a symbol of white supremacy, a literal symbol of quitting America and committing treason because you want to keep humans as livestock to rape and beat and torture and work to death. And they don't see how it's a symbol of white supremacy. It's not the training. It's the institutional racism. It's there. It's baked in. It's baked into all of us. It's baked into white people who were born here. It's baked into black people who were born here. And if you try to talk about how preventable this bullshit is, the fucking racists will be the ones to call you woke. But it's there. It's the system. The racism is how those cops were certain they could get away with the beating. The racism was there when they wasted no time arresting all five cops because they were black. The racism's there when I put on Fox News and they're already saying how all five of these cops are guilty. Have you ever heard Fox come out day of and say all the white officers are guilty? No, if they were white cops, Fox News would be asking why this young man couldn't comply and follow direction. The racism is there when the authoritarian right in this country that always tells you back the blue, blue lives matter. If he cooperated, he'd still be alive when those people are silent in this case. Have you heard anyone defending these cops? Anyone? The racism is there when Jason Whitlock can go on Tucker Carlson tonight. I'm not going to play the clip. And he blamed the death of Tyree Nichols. Not on these five men who thought they could beat a black man to death and get away with it, but he blamed it on the Memphis Police Department being headed by, as he put it, a single black woman. Jason Whitlock said, we are getting the same kind of chaos and disunity and violence that we see in a lot of cities run by single mothers. What a broken, sad, godless motherfucker. The racism is there when our fellow Americans, our neighbors, our co-workers, our Facebook pals, when they're more outraged at protests against police brutality, and they're more outraged at marches against police brutality than they've ever been outraged at actual police brutality. And the racism is there because there were white cops on the scene. There were white cops who were involved in this. And you don't know the names of those white cops because none of them were fired. None of them were arrested. And the racism is there because these five brutalizing men never, ever, ever imagine they never would have done it to a white motorist. For a traffic violation. Being deliberately obtuse about racism. Thinking unless I hear the N-word on tape or see a burning cross, it's not racism. Oh my God. So many white people I know think this. And being obtuse about racism, being obtuse about the history of racism. That's how racism presents these days. The denial of racism. And it's part of the Republican Party goal of erasing black history. This is Tyree Nichols' mother. Now, Rovon Wells speaking with reporters about the anguish and helplessness that she feels after her son's murder. My heart just breaks, sir, for a mother to know that their child was calling them in their need and I wasn't there for him. Do you, do you know how I feel right now? Because I wasn't there for my son. I told 
I had an, uh, I was telling someone that I had this really bad pain in my stomach earlier, not knowing what had happened. But once I found out what happened, that was my son's pain that I was feeling. Mm. And I didn't even know. But for me to find out that my son was calling my name and I was only feet away and did not even hear him. You have no clue how I feel right now. No clue. She was there for him. I hope someone tells her that she was there for him. There's a reason he called for her during this despicable crucifixion, during this lynching, during this murder. And she's still there for him. Look, this is a system. This is systemic violence. This is systemic racism. I'm sure the cops who beat him to death, who would never do it to a white motorist, I'm sure they don't see it that way. The cops who murdered Tyree Nichols are not some freak aberration. They're not... They're not some weird, erratic outlier. It's, you know this, guys. If you listen to this channel, if you pay attention to the last 30, 40, 50 years, it's normal police procedure for some people. And it's usually normal police procedure that they get away with it. It is amazing to be alive at the time when they are beginning to no longer get away with it. This video was released a couple hours after another very different horrific video with a very different outcome was released. The Paul Pelosi attack video was also released today. This footage shows Paul Pelosi and his attacker, the guy with the hammer, David DePape, both grasping a hammer when the cops arrive at the Pelosi residence. It's in the early morning of October 28th, and the officers you see on tape tell the guy to drop the hammer, and DePape says, nope. And then he turns and just swings it at this 82-year-old man, and they both fall to the floor, and the officers rush in, and it's, it's very violent. It's very difficult to watch. Nancy Pelosi said she's not going to watch it. She told reporters today she has no plan to relive her husband's assault by watching the just-released body camera footage. Give a listen. Uh, it's with a grateful heart and on behalf of my entire family that we continue to thank people for all of their prayers that they continue to send us, asking about the progress my husband is making, and he is making progress, but it'll take more time. As you know, today there was a release of some information. I have not heard of the 911 call. I have not heard the confession. I have not seen the break-in, and I have absolutely no intention of seeing the deadly assault on my husband's life. Uh, I won't be making any more statements about this case as it proceeds, except to again thank people and inform them of Paul's progress. This disease of violence, this sickness of America, this, this sickness of, of weak men with excessive force. Gun violence is still a huge public health crisis across this country. This country. I mean, there were more than 600 mass shootings in this country in 2022. We're three weeks into this year, and there's more than 36 mass shootings that have been reported around the country. In a news conference today, um, the Nichols family attorney, Ben Crump, he, he had nothing but praise for the swiftness of the Memphis DA for charging the officers. Merrick Garland has come out and asked that any protests be peaceful and nonviolent, so has Mr. Nichols' family. But how, how much more of this? You know, like, my friend Rick Overton, the comedian, has a great line I wish I'd written. He holds up the iPhone camera and just says, little brother is watching. For so many years, 
I know white people, I grew up around white people who just didn't believe all this talk of police brutality. Now we all have video cameras. Now we can all be a witness. Now it's beginning to change. But how much more until Congress acts? <laughs> how much more until we get federal standards? How much more until we stop militarizing our police? How much more trauma does the black American community have to go through before we can even have hope of real change? How many more of these goddamn videos will they have to prepare us to witness to achieve real justice in America? It's going to take a lot. It's going to take reparations in this country. It's going to take expanding voting rights. It's going to take an expanded Supreme Court if you want to have actual justice. And Congress has to pass police reform now and qualified immunity now. But let's be clear. Tyree Nichols should be alive right now. He should be alive. This happened because people didn't do their jobs. He should be alive. And George Floyd should be alive. And Breonna Taylor. And Lachlan McDonald. Tamir Rice. Sandra Bland. Eleanor Bumpers. Amadou Diallo. Philando Castile. And all of those who have been killed at the hands of people who swore to serve. God bless Tyree Nichols. Say his name. We are at 866-997-4748, and we're going to keep the phones open all night tonight. We're going to get to all your calls, and I'll be thanking you all for your patience. Ralph in Connecticut, before our break, welcome and thank you. Hi, John. Thanks. Hi. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say I'm in the camp. Um, I've never watched any of these horrific things since all these shootings and everything's been going on. You know, they're right on TV, as you know. You yeah. couldn't pay me to watch one. You can't unsee it. That's my position. Once you look at it, that's it. And and I know how horrible it is. It's it's disgusting. And I know that. And I don't. I don't. I do not need to to see it. And I, I get just it. wanted. I respect to that. Tell you that. That's no, no. And I, and I I I don't. I listen. I think everyone should watch it. And at the same time, because I I can hold two thoughts at once. I, I completely respect anyone who doesn't want to put this in their brain. I think both both points of view are valid and important. Yes, I mean I'm I'm interested in following you know uh, you know what happens and everything like anybody else, but I, I just do not need to you know actually see it. That, that's all. Yeah, I understand. I respect that. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let me get one more call before our break. And thank you guys so much. I'm sorry that our weekend's on such a sad note, but again, it's getting harder and harder every year for brutal men to get away with beating people. Just as it's getting harder to get away with raping a child or assaulting a woman every year because people are speaking out because we are moving from a society of victims to survivors every year. It becomes harder for men to brutalize and it's still way too easy. Norm in Tampa. Hello, sir. Hello, Norm. Hey, how you doing there, John? Very good, sir. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Well, you know, it just keeps me crazy. There's not a right that I guess a black man has that that they're bound to respect. I mean, they not only beat him, then they start making up their own uh, to cause the thing of of of, uh, of the lack of uh, uh, probable cause to stop yeah. this man. It's yep. scary. It worries me that they didn't fire enough people. They didn't handle the, what the guys who initially stopped them. What did he yeah. stop him for? Why are they not in this? This mix of, of negligence. I mean, this is pure Preach. negligence. It sets yes, the whole sir. thing off. And then comes the uh, the, the bout with, well, we're going to punish you for, for running, you know, show me your hands when you put pepper spray in somebody's eyes. And then you want to show, I mean, it was just the circus 
of just of of of, of abuse, and we see it. Yeah. And uh, the world sees it. That's why they that's why they did them because now the whole world sees. You can't run around here saying that the Russian that, that there you go. Well, Russia, you're treating your Ukrainians, and the Russians will say, "Well, look what you're doing to your black folk." Well, or, but, well yeah, but that's no. but you know, I mean, sure. Well, but again, Hitler Hitler studied how we put the Indians on reservations right. to build his concentration camps. I mean, yeah, America doesn't get to pretend we're better than anybody with this going on, and other countries are watching. Either you care or you don't. Right, and uh, you can't you can't deny this one. This, in fact, this one comes with all the angles and that uh, we didn't see in the. And the Rodney King case and the expressions and the feeling of the officers, these guys went home, left that man laying there. And yeah. so, so, I mean, it's a value that the, and it, it, again, it's an extension of uh, the value that we have placed on lives and particularly um, young black men's lives. And yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not just a young, any black man. I mean, you're just yeah. any, sure. any. George Floyd any was an old man. man. Any time in the system you can be called in or called out and brought to justice without having any having to prove probable cause, and the courts will go go, go along with it. And You're go, so right, go, go along with it. All right. You're so right. Go i got to go, but I thank you very much for the call, and I, I thank you for your points you made. We have to take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute. We're going to be taking your calls all evening at 866-997-4748. And again, the whole show is not just going to be about this video. We're going to talk about everything that happened during the week. We're going to talk about labor and politics and you name it. Uh, so don't go anywhere. We want to hear your thoughts on everything, especially this week. So again, it, it, whatever's on your mind, it doesn't have to be about this. We want you to join our conversation. We'll be right back with Bob Henley. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John saying We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. We're taking your calls all night long, making sense of this week and, of course, of the tragic events that have been now revealed on video this evening. 866-997-GRIT. I'm always grateful when Brian Karam can join us. He's an award-winning investigative reporter. He's a writer, producer, best-selling true crime author, former correspondent for America's Most Wanted. Brian was the first American reporter ever allowed inside Pablo Escobar's palatial prison. After his escape from Colombian authorities, one of the first reporters to enter Kuwait City in the first Gulf War, Brian was presented with the National Press Club's Freedom of the Press Award after he was jailed for protecting a confidential source in 1992. Catch his podcast, Just Ask the Question. He also uh, knows a little too much about the Beatles. Keep an eye on this guy. Brian, welcome back. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, John. Good to see you, buddy. 
It's very good to have you. Thank you so much. Um, Brian, before we go anywhere, I just I just wanted to ask your thoughts on, of course, um, what we're witnessing, the video and uh, how people are responding to it. Well, you know, I remember when they said wearing body cams would make sure that, you know, this type of uh, violence wouldn't take place. And all it does is uh, you have to really think you're going to be able to get away with it if you're wearing a body cam and beat a guy to death over a traffic stop. That's it, because and, we have no way of knowing how many of these beatings body cams have prevented. We have no way of measuring how many cops have just known they were painted into a corner and couldn't do it. What shocked me the most was that these men were completely confident that there would be no problems with what they were doing for a, for a traffic violation. I remember when they gave the, you know, during the 1968 Democratic National Convention, and they gave grief to the daily cops for, you know, they called them daily cops for going on thumping and beating protesters. This is so far beyond that. This is you you stop a guy for a traffic stop and literally beat him to death while he's screaming for his mother. Yeah. How where that who what who are you? I I what country do I live in? It's, and when are we going to have a national dialogue about cops who already have a person's license? They know where the guy lives and when the guy runs away in a panic, they don't need to chase him down. Police, you know where the guy lives. Cops don't need to chase people who are fleeing from routine traffic stops. And again, if this guy had been a Caucasian motorist, this would not have happened. No, if he'd been white, they probably wouldn't have done anything to him. And and here's the big problem. You know, you mentioned the, the unarmed. But unless you're taking, you know, I spent a lot of time covering crime, in, you know, over the last 40 years. And I remember there was a, a police officer I really respected. His name is Howard Schatz. I don't know where Harold shots. I don't know where Harold is today. I don't know if he's still alive, but he had been on the beat for 30 years when I met him and his biggest, his proudest accomplishment as a, as a beat cop walking the beat in one of the worst parts of San Antonio, Texas was he had never once used his firearm or had to beat a suspect in 30 years. Where is the pride in policing? Where is, you know, community policing? What makes you think you're above the rest of us just because you wear a badge? You serve us. It's protect and serve, not beat us into submission because you don't like us. That's that's just gone wrong, man. That's just too, too far, too far. Yeah. And frightening. I mean, yeah. Brian, what brings you to California? I know you're actually in the state as well as I am. You're making a speech next week um, about free speech, aren't you? Yep. Uh, be before the uh, California Newspaper Publishers Association, their annual meeting in Sacramento. And we'll be talking about misinformation and disinformation and how we've got there. And it's based on the book that I wrote, which is now in its third printing, Free the Press. Yes. And it's it's about the problems that we have today in the press. And part of the problems that we have in policing and, and government are all because we're not being watched. We're not being reported on. We're not doing the reporting. There are half the number of reporters on the planet today as on the day I was born, and there's twice the number of people. So there's huge problems with the press. We have to solve it. If we're going to solve any of the problems in politics, policing, or anything else that we have in this country, we have to have people covering the news that we trust, and we have to ensure that uh, the you know the bed you know this is the bedrock of a democracy of a, of a society being able to trust. Uh, the press to present us with vetted facts and today no one does and for good reason you know it's interesting we we, we, it's almost like the entire debate over free speech has been hijacked 
by um, billionaires who go off and have middle-aged life crises by buying social networking sites. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, no one's free speech has ever been curtailed on social media. Let me say that again. No but one's free speech. Right. The government has never censored anyone on Facebook, Twitter. Private corporations can say no shirt, no shoes, no service and throw you out of their private business if you violate the rules. To me, the scariest thing about the threats to free speech is that we can't even seem to agree on what the First Amendment actually covers right now. Well, and we hear it from both sides. The sure. right complains about wokeism and cancel culture while at the same time they're canceling us. <laughs> and and they are lying. They they just predict it's it's almost prolific. The amount of lies coming out of uh DC, it, it's like watching a kindergarten fight. You know, my daddy's bigger than your daddy, my daddy owns a gun, my daddy owns a cannon, my daddy can beat up your daddy. I mean, right. it's 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 gotten to a point where I can't even have a decent conversation with some members of, of you know, Congress or the ex-member of the White House because they lie. And, you know, I think it was Mark Twain who said it's easier to fool the people than it is to convince them that they're being fooled. That's and right. um, that and part of the way that we prevent that is when we have vetted, vetted facts. I'm not here as a reporter to tell you the truth. I'm here to tell you the facts. Truth, as they said in Indiana Jones's philosophy, and it's two doors down. That's what you argue about is over over what is the truth behind the facts. If I can present you, if at least we can agree on vetted facts, vetted facts are the currency. They are the language that we use to discover truth. And if we can't agree on the facts, then it's anarchy. And that's what we have today. And here's a fact. Police should not be beating people to death. That's a fact. Police should reason. not be social workers with guns. I mean, police should you not be militarized. You shouldn't put guns in teachers' hands. You shouldn't. Yeah. It, and by the way, what, we've had 41 mass shootings in the United States in the first month? First month right. of the, isn't even over yet. And 27 yeah. days. That's one and a half mass shootings every day. How yeah. in the name of heaven? How in the name of heaven can we possibly justify that? I had someone tell me, well, I go hunting with an AR-15 rifle. Well, listen, I've trained. I, 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 if you're hunting with it, if you need, and the word is need. You if suck you need at hunting. Hunt, yeah, if you need to hunt with an AR-15, chances are you're hunting humans. That's Thank not a, a weapon you need to go hunt. And, and I don't know many, you know, elephants or or you know, large no. tigers. I've always in said America. there's only one time. I've always said there's only one occasion you would need an AR-15 for hunting, and that is zombie deer. And Brian, <laughs> when Bambi's mom comes back, I'll be right there with them, strapping yeah, on my right AK and going you. into the woods. Well, you know, it's like Marjorie Taylor. They twist everything. Marjorie Taylor Green tweets out that um, 46 uh, the by the United Nations estimation. 46% of the handguns in the world are, are, are private weapons are owned by people in the United States. And yes. she says that's how come we have a free constitutional democracy. No, that's not. That's not why we, we, have, a, we have a because we believe in the rule of law. We don't yeah. believe in the rule of slaughter. And it's frightening to me that somebody would take pride in the fact that we're so heavily armed because we're not fighting the government with those arms. We're killing each other.
Yes, but again, you know, they don't care about truth. They care about profits. I mean, there are 120 guns for every 100 Americans. I think in Canada, it's like 40 guns for every Canadian, for every 100 Canadians. But they, it's about the profits. It's about the corporate donorship. It's about the fact that the NRA started as a gun safety organization, became a gun rights organization, and now exists as the lobbying wing of the gun manufacturers to own politicians. And this comes back to what is the truth? They are still putting out the phrase that we have the most guns, which makes us the most safe. But the truth is, that's like saying you solve traffic by adding more cars. I mean, we can't agree on what is the truth. We can't even agree on calling a lie a lie. We say prevarications right. or whoppers or demonstrable falsehoods or, or misinformation. You know, How about an F and lie? Yeah, just an F and lie. And we're arguing over whether two plus two is four anymore. You would agree that there's a substantial portion of the public that is now beyond fact, beyond reason. And the White House tried having a bureau of Russian disinformation and they got pilloried for it. I mean, how could we ever hope to be like having an official source to tell us what's BS and what isn't? Well, again, if you simply look at it logically, I've been to a place where everyone is armed You know what that's called? A war zone. That's where we live in the United States. If you cannot, if you are afraid to walk out of the, I, uh, people in Ukraine, I was in Ukraine, you know, covering a war there. And I felt honest to God, I felt safer in, in portions of, of Ukraine than I do in portions of the United States. And we're at peace. That's a fact. Mm. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Brian, I understand Bill Barr is also going to be there. I, if you get a chance, <laughs> thank him for, for all he's done for free speech. Thank yeah, you. Well, I, I, I want to ask him a few questions about that, you know, the New York Times piece that came out about how he, you know, screwed the pooch on the, the Mueller report. And there are a lot of other things I'd love to ask him a question about. He only divorced himself for Donald Trump when it became obvious that the to uh, remain tethered to Donald Trump could lead to an indictment. Bill Barr is nothing if not a a political survivor, but he has nothing worthy of saying in my book uh, and never has. I think he's uh, just a, a rotting human being as far as it goes politically. Yeah, and that's just for Iran-Contra. Forget the last six years. Yes, or, or anything else that he's done when pu- in public office. I've never known him to be honorable. I mean, he, people look at him. It bothers me sometimes. People look at him like they – and it's the same problem I have with Ronald Reagan. They they put both of these people on a pedestal, and I think that both of them are just horrible human beings. And that Ronald yeah. Reagan was probably one of the worst presidents we ever had and, and set the table and made it possible for Donald Trump. But then again, Completely. it's me. No, no, I completely agree. If you miss the middle class, you can trace the decline in the middle class, the decline in middle class buying power directly to Reaganomics and the decline in labor unions. Again, it's facts. We we can show it on a graph, but it doesn't mean anything because reality is subjective for everyone now. Well, and you can you can tie the demise of of independent journalism directly. You can tie it directly to Ronald Reagan. He started it. And every president since then has contributed to it. And that combined with 40 years of Reaganomics has destroyed the middle class, destroyed free speech and destroyed what you and I loved growing up in this country. And that was a, an independent, free, democratic nation. You know, let, let me ask a question about the corporate media, Brian. And we love the corporate media. Well, some of my best friends, you know, but um, <laughs> when a president brings home 
classified documents and lies about it and blows up a subpoena and only returns part of them and claims it's a wish hunt and they have to actually have a search warrant executed. That's legitimate news. When you find out the current president as a vice president accidentally did it and returned everything and there's hypocrisy. But, you know, we got we have to have the debate. You know, let's debate comparing them. How are they not the set? That's news. When you find out a week later that the first president's former vice president did the same thing. And now you have two former vice presidents and the ones who went after the vice president Biden when they didn't care about Trump. But now there's and then you're like, okay, well, this is part of the debate. And at some point, at some point, does it feel like, my God, the media is enjoying the clicks and the ratings from this scandal a little too much. I'm not saying it's not legitimate and I'm not saying the debates aren't valid, but holy crap, is there anything else going on in government, Brian? Well, yeah, you you touch on a couple of really important points. First of all, there's the false equivalency that we have. The press is between a rock and a hard place. We don't want to come down as if that we're not going to, you know, look at Joe Biden as we look at every other president. And at the same time, we don't want to come down uh, against, you know, we don't want to, uh, I guess, acquiesce and give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt on things that he did wrong because it was so horrible. And if you were in that White House for those four years, it was the worst time in my life being a reporter. So you've got these competing interests and I don't want to be too hard. I don't want to be I don't want to be not hard enough. But the problem is you have reporters that have no business being in the White House. You graduate, you know. When I first walked into that White House press briefing room, the average amount of education and experience was well over 25 or 30 years in the first row of that press Brady briefing room. As as Sam Donaldson told me, he says, Brian, listen to those people. Those first seven seats, there's more than 200 years of experience there. Listen to them. What year is this, Brian? What year is this? 1985. And so that's... (laughs) <laughs> that's well so before that Jeff it. Gannon of Talon News. Well before Jeff yes. Gannon of Talon News. Go ahead. This is when you were. These were heavyweights. This was, you know, you, you're talking about Sam Donaldson, Bill Plant. You're you're talking about Helen Thomas. Those three alone were were people who had gravitas because they had a lot of experience and they had covered a lot of things before they went to the White House. So they yes. had the they knew how to be a reporter. Now you have people coming directly out of school, going into the White House press briefing room, and they feel like they're part of the club. They all party mm-hmm. together. They get along with the the, uh, the administration. That was happened in happens happened in Trump, Obama, and now Biden. It's really bad. Young kids that don't have any experience believe that they are the be all and end all of journalism. And all they are are stenographers without the ability to uh, decide. I I wish one of them had just watched an episode of Columbo, you know, (laughs) just at some point to figure out how to find out real information. But 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 who's sending them there? Who are are the news organizations that have credentials that are allowed to send a journalist to the White House choosing to send these unqualified personnel there? They are choosing it because those people are cheap. And if and they will and they will turn Sam over. Donaldson wants Every, dental. Sam Donaldson wants health care in his package. If you want to hire him. Yeah, right. That's right. And, and at the end of an administration or every two or three years, they will cycle these people through and bring in new ones that are young and cheap. And the old ones, they boot out and they either become anchors or they or they become producers or they leave. Because now they have to pay a salary to them. These people are underpaid, overworked, uneducated, ignorant, and arrogant in their ignorance. And if that doesn't change, the coverage that we get out of the White House is not going to improve. And it won't change because there's six companies that own, what, 85, 90% of what you see, read, or hear. 
and it's their it, to their benefit to to keep costs low. This is capitalism, folks. Keep costs low. The product that you sell, you want the lowest price possible for that, and the highest return on the investment. So that's, that's right. you know, there's nothing wrong with capitalism. It's just incompatible well, with what is called good journalism. Thank you. Yeah, it's incompatible with what's called good Christianity as well. Um, well yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> tonight we're, we're we're watching this footage. It's all over the news. Um, we're seeing violence that we're not used to seeing on regular TV. I don't think I ever heard the word motherfucker on CNN more than I heard tonight. They are really bringing us free speech tonight and broadcasting the tape in full without any kind of bleeps or redactions. It's fascinating to see. I heard Don Lemon, our, our buddy, say the word shit tonight uh, on the air. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I wanted to ask you, free speech aside, how do you feel about how the media is covering this horrible murder? Obviously, it's newsworthy. Obviously, they have to show the video. Um, is there a line? Is there a line between, you know, soaking in it for for sensationalism and uh, exploiting crassly the murder of a young man? Or, well, or do we have to see this and make it available in all quarters? You can turn it off if you don't want to see it. You You have that right. I think it's important to be seen. I think it's important that the networks push to get that. I mean, after all, it was played in court, in open court, and there were people who didn't want this released. That's right. The same as there were people who didn't want the uh, release of what happened with um, uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband. That was played in open court. There right. are people who are always going to want to keep that information from you. Bully to the networks, bully for, for American journalism, for playing this. And I don't need any comment. I agree. That's, mm -hmm. that is, those, these are facts. Let me see it. Explain the circumstances by which it was recorded. Let us know who was involved. Tell me the facts. I'll decide for myself what it means. And if you look at that video as I have, and you don't come away moved with at least goose pimples or a tear in your eye, you're not human. What those, what those police officers did, then there's a good reason why they, why they were charged. And you have yes. to know from watching this video, this was not their first rodeo. It was the not, way they treated, nope. the way they treated that young man. I, I mean, for for what reckless driving? I, I've you know I I've, I drove. Man, there was no reckless across, driving. There was none. Yeah, yeah. I I've driven across country with my son. I dropped a donut one day. I guess I could have gotten picked up for reckless driving because I swerved all over the highway. I certainly wouldn't have been beaten to death. Correct. How can you beat a, an unarmed man to death and, and for what? For How can you? What? I mean, the punching in the face while he was handcuffed and couldn't even fight back. And I got to tell you something else. As angry as that videotape made me, I was also infuriated to finally see the Paul Pelosi tape today after we saw yes. Elon Musk and how many figures on the right not wait not wait they're not trying to get be journalists they're not trying to have information they're trying to feed haters the hate they want to eat by coming out and casting these aspersions that this was a consensual gay encounter gone awry i mean the guy who owns twitter was spreading this and now and that's all i thought is, today when i saw the tape about this? paul pelosi was how this was exploited crassly he was benghazi by people who don't care yes. about the violence they just want to get the clicks and to your point, John, that's why you need to see the video. The question yep. you should have, the question I always ask is when they go, oh, it was this, it was that. How do you know that? Again, the Columbo, uh, did you see it? Did you hear it? How do you know that? Did you hear it from someone else? How do they know that? You know, that's the, the idea is finding out what the fact, vetting the facts and finding out what they are. But you're right. People rush to judgment too quickly, and all they want to do is spout out what, they're, what they already believe.
whether their belief is based on facts or not. And in the case of Pelosi, it was it was horrible watching that. But is is those two videos that have come out in the last week should, if nothing else, wake up the American public to a to the the distrust and misinformation that is propagated by the Republican Party and by God, hold all police accountable i'm not saying defund the police i'm saying for the love of god educate them and and do i have some of the best people i've known have been cops and what and some of the best cops i know are all people who are part of their community they wouldn't engage in that type of behavior because it would be like beating a friend or beating a relative they know these people they know their beats these people that that beat this guy to death why why Mm. it has to do with education ignorance and above else the idea that you can be a bully you know it's remember harold and kumar the 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 line that they give in that is like hey you were one of those guys that bullied people in high school yeah and you're still doing it yeah that's what it is that's That's it that's it i mean you know i think about our congress and you remind me of a tweet you had earlier you 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 tweeted overheard on the hill it's a dog and pony show without any dogs and ponies, just clowns. And Brian, yeah. I spent all day. I couldn't actually discern what you were specifically talking about with this current Congress, because there's so much fuckery and there's so much media normalization of this because they're That's terrified that they might lose one viewer in Iowa if they call a spade a spade. Well, the thing is, is the American public on the left and the right hate the media. Why? Because we don't. We don't give facts, but the left and the right keep tuning in. And so we they get what they deserve. They get what they want. They get they get lies and they get to yell about it. What we really need are vetted facts. And that's why you have to divorce journalism from capitalism or you're always only going to get what you want to hear and what you want to see that will reinforce what it is that you already believe. And that's what happened. That's where. Uh, Ronald Reagan dislodged and took away the the guardrails when he got rid of the fairness doctrine That's and right. then took and then took away all the guidelines in media you know and allowed media con- consolidation That's instead it. of you know di- divesting and having a diversity of opinion and a diversity of information and independence and the more the more that the fewer the companies that own media the fewer reporters that you have so the example is like if you say Gannett, we own three papers. Well, you got to be able to have reporters pretty much everywhere covering everything. Now you own 400. Well, you can only, now you only need one reporter to cover Capitol Hill or the White House. So instead of each publication having someone, one person covers all of it for all of the publications. And that leads to a loss of independence and a loss of knowledge. There are city councils. There are. This is why you get cops that beat people to death. You you don't have anybody covering the cop shop. You don't have anybody covering the city government. You don't have anybody in the state house. And when I covered the state house in the '80s in Kentucky, there were four or five hundred reporters that covered it. Today, there's thirty. There's your problem, Brian. When you look back on January of 2023 and the brand new Congress, what will stand out the most? For you, years from now, you know, like next Thanksgiving, what what will you remember the most? Will it be the week of nonstop cuck humiliation for Kevin McCarthy? Will it be George Santos just doing what feels right? Or will it be Marjorie Taylor Greene finally ascending to Michelle Bachman status? I mean, it's already <laughs> been a wacky four weeks in this building. 
Yeah, uh, McCarthy is a whore, a cuckold, and a pimp all at the same time. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene is merely a whore, <laughs> and everybody well, that's else insulting is, the sex workers. But I know what you're saying. Go on. Yeah, yeah she's a political whore, an okay. ignorant political whore, and at the same time, the rest of the Republican Party is merely insurrectionists. Eleven of the seventeen uh, heads of the committees appointed by McCarthy are ones that have uh, it, have acknowledge or believe the big lie or have promoted the big lie so there's your problem right there and what i'll remember i think i'm going to remember that horrible speech by mccarthy after a great great one by jeffries but probably the thing that sticks out in my mind is that horrible song on the streets of bakersfield and i just i started laughing at that point in time i'm going this guy cannot be serious oh and the fact that he said that he watched abraham lincoln men the yeah i'm going well did you have a time machine how did you actually watch that that must be a really old vhs tape if it was had lincoln on it huh I mean, that speech, I just thought, you know, dude, you had you had 16 years to write this like you had yeah. six, you had you had all this week to write it. You knew Gates was going to fold like a gap sweater. You, you it, that was the best he could do playing to the people who already vote for him. This party. Well, I don't know how Ron DeSantis is going to change this model. I mean, Ron DeSantis's style of governance we saw in 2022 was popular in Florida only. That kind of Trumpian yeah. cruelty being the point didn't test that well last time. Uh, how are you feeling? I mean, I, I know it's way too soon to talk about the presidential election, but everyone else is. Is Trump actually running? He's making his announcements tomorrow. You've spent a lot of time with the man questioning him in the in the White House press room. There's no campaign manager. There's no communications director. It seems like he's just got two billion in debt to Deutsche Bank still. And that's why it's this is happening. Grift. <laughs> I will say this much. I don't know if the actuary tables will get him. I don't know if he'll be in prison in 2024 no, or indicted. He will not be. I think he will be indicted sooner he'll rather indicted. than later. Yeah, he won't be in I prison. think he will be indicted. Uh, I don't know if he wears an ankle bracelet. I'm just going to say this. November of 2024, I do not believe that Donald Trump will be on the ballot anywhere yeah. uh, running for president. Will Joe I, Biden? That's that is that's I personally between, uh, um, you know, between you, me and the and the hundreds of thousands or millions of people listening to you right now. <laughs> I, I don't think he should. I think he's right. 80 and I think it's time for new leadership in this country. What Nancy Pelosi did in turning it over to King Jeffries was was uh, that was a I mean, she's a master stroke by a by a masterful politician. And so I I don't think that if Donald Trump drops out that Biden will be in the race. I think he's in there to yeah. check, uh, you know, body to body blow Donald Trump. But I think well, I think they know he can beat Donald Trump. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, 82 year old Biden can beat Trump. I don't think anyone is sure about that with DeSantis. My whole point is I know this coronation of DeSantis by conservative media and God knows the Republicans in the Congress really want to do it. I mean, no one. There's only four people, only four members of the RNC have endorsed Trump's reelection campaign. They are really hoping it's Rhonda. My whole thing is I hope it Rhonda's is too, not because actually he won't win, <laughs> but he's not that good outside the bubble. I mean, Ooh. he's not. He has he has the personality of an angry dish rag. That's all he is. I mean, he is 
as bland as they come, as mean as they come. And that he makes, you know, remember the frowns from the fascists in Italy, El Duce, you know, that big frowning face is that's who Ron DeSantis reminds me of. And he's not if I said El Duce to him, he probably even wouldn't even know who I'm talking about. The man oh, he would. Has, he would. No, he, but Ron DeSantis yeah, I, went to Harvard and Yale. He's another one of these Ivy Leagues anonymous who is trying. Yeah, like, the John Kennedy is, is this Rhodes Scholar. George W. Bush with the fake accent. They dumb themselves down. He's not a wise man, but he's smart enough to know exactly what he's doing. Well, he's good at conning, which is what politicians have. He's conniving. I'll give him that. Yeah. But his personality is not such that he endears himself to the voting populace, even those who love Donald Trump. Uh, Ron DeSantis will have his problems. But... Um, who who's in the wings that you, you take a look That's at our it. two parties in this country. And one is, as I've said many times, one has no heart and one has no head. And the Republicans have no heart. They're all cruelty. And I'm I'm starting to think the Democrats are growing ahead. But, but it's, it's a long time coming to, to getting some sense. I'm 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 hoping that the field is not um, uh, the governor of California versus the governor of Florida. But if it is, it would be a lot of fun watching Newsom tear this guy to ribbons. Brian, it's so good to see you. What is the best? Oh, no. Disagree. No, I agree. I think it would be a I think it'd be absolutely hilarious to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we might get to see it. What's the best way for our listeners to follow you, Mr. Karam, and keep up with all your work? It's uh, at Brian Karam on Twitter. I'm still there. I'm not going anywhere. I will stay there until the last dying day. You can Solid. also the same. That's that's my handle on all major uh, social media. Salon.com for the column. The book is called Just. No, no. The podcast is called Just Ask the Question. Wherever fine podcasts are sold. And the book is called Free the Press. It's in its third printing. And uh, I thank everybody for buying it. And uh, hopefully Hopefully it brings about some change. I'd like to see a presidential commission to look at the media and find out how we can make it better. We thank you, sir, for your service as well. Have a great speech next week. We'll see you very soon. We have to take a break. We'll be right back in just a moment at 866-997-4748. This is Progress After Dark. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. We're at 866-997-4748. And again, we are in a country that tonight is seeing a video spread all across our internets and TV screens, and people are realizing we have not come as far as we'd hoped in the last two years. 
We're also witnessing the best of America. We're also witnessing people standing up in extraordinary grace. We're witnessing people protesting because they've been tired of this. We're witnessing a lot of Caucasians who are waking up to what reality really is. Here is attorney Ben Crump earlier today. I just want to play this really quick before I bring on our guest. Um, This is Mr. Crump addressing the particular speed with which these five particular officers were terminated and charged in this heinous crime. We applaud the district attorney for bringing charges against the five officers for second degree murder, aggravated assault, aggravated kidnapping, uh, official misconduct, and official oppression. Very important charges against these five officers. As Pastor Thomas uh, refers, sometimes I am referred to as Black America's Attorney General. And we stand on the principle of equal justice. So let me be exceedingly clear on this point. When we look at how these five black officers who were caught on camera committing a crime, and when we look at how fast the police chief and the police department terminated them, and we look at how swiftly the district attorney brought charges against them in less than 20 days, then we want to proclaim that this is the blueprint going forward. Mm -hmm. That is Ben Crump, who is the lawyer for uh, the family. Now, experts in police training who have looked at the videos released today of the fatal beating say that there's no justification for the actions of the police officers involved. There was no discernible traffic violation. And again, these cops have been charged with the crimes, including second degree murder. But the system itself will not be put on trial. Jamar Tisby is president of The Witness, a black Christian collective, and he writes beautifully about race and religion, politics, justice and injustice. He's spoken nationwide. You've read his stuff in The New York Times and The Atlantic. He's the author of uh, the wonderful book, The Color of Compromise, The Truth About the American Church's Complicity in Racism. And he co-hosts the excellent Pass the Mic podcast. We're so fortunate that uh, Dr. Tisby joined us late this evening to talk about the events of the day. Jamar, welcome. It's good to see you. Thank you. I appreciate you having this conversation. I think it's going to help all of us. Oh, I I thank you. And I want to begin by quoting you because you tweeted earlier today beautifully. The systemic part in systemic racism means that anyone who participates in that system, whatever their demographic background or socioeconomic location, can participate and be complicit in the racism of that system. It's structural not just attitudinal. That is one of the most beautiful and eloquent explanations of how you cannot separate these officers from the system of policing that produced them. That's right. Immediately when we found out that all of these officers uh, who have since been fired and charged were black, then you hear people saying, well, this can't be racial. It can't be racially motivated. When the reality is when you're part of a system, in this case, policing and law enforcement, which has long ties to patrolling and controlling black bodies, 
even if you're a person of color, even if you're a black person, when you're in that system, you get sucked up into the way that system operates. And this is what systemic injustice is about. It doesn't rely solely on personal attitudes or intentions. It can operate just by the policies in place. I mean, and again, it's it's it can manifest in so many ways. These police were certain they would get away with this beating. And I think we can all guarantee that I've read so many Caucasians today saying this can't be racism. It's black on black crime, which has become their favorite expression. The the reality is this never would have happened to a nonviolent white motorist. And we shouldn't need much more convincing to do than that. That's right. I was reading um Eli Mistel, who's a lawyer yes. and a frequent commentator. He's and a he friend was, of the show. He does our show all the time. He's a great guy. Okay, great. Well, he, he, he also put a message on social media about the talk, which hopefully people know by now when black people say the talk, that's the talk our parents give us about how to survive an encounter with police. And yes. so uh, he was talking about the talk he received and his parents made it explicit that the race of the police officer would not guarantee better treatment if they were black. And so he said that his parents told him when it comes to police, their race is cop. <laughs> their skin color is blue uh, for to, to represent the, the uniform. And so, again, talking about how this system s- sucks in people who may not want to uh, behave in certain ways, but if they follow the way the system is patterned, even yes. black people can perpetuate uh, racism and uh, brutality toward other black people. Exactly. And that's what it is. Racism is a system. We're not talking about bigotry. We're not talking about personal hate you might have for someone who's different. We're talking about the way of thinking, the overall societal structures that every person in this country of every race and background was born into, and either we become, oh, what's the word, uh, awake to it, or <laughs> we, st- <laughs> and even there, even there, an attempt to try to understand, a try, a, an attempt to try to use language to explain the awakening people go through. I said for years, no one's woke. It's a process. It's a journey. You become more woke. It's like you become more Christian. You become more liberal. You become more educated. But even that has been weaponized. And in a week when we see the governor of Florida, who, again, Juneteenth's not a state holiday, but they have three for Confederates, Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee and Confederate Memorial Day, three days in the state calendar honoring slavery, no day honoring the end of slavery. This guy is now banning African-American AP studies. I'm sorry. They are linked with what we witnessed tonight. Isn't this timing just horrendous there's never a good time for these horrific attacks but we have uh the martin luther king jr holiday that we've just commemorated we're coming up in just a few days on black history month uh on streaming services the 1619 project has has a video of a documentary series out we have all of these reminders um and motivations to think about not only black history, but racial justice in general, and yet and still on the day-to-day level with such a ubiquitous system as policing, we are subjected again and again to these kinds of instances. And honestly, 
today it, it's just it's just weary that I feel it's 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 a deep kind of soul weariness where, where there's what more can we say uh what what how, how many more steps do we have to march um how much how many more tears do we have to shed uh for things to to genuinely change and it, it, the runway up to this where this the the video was being released like it was a like it was a movie premiere or something oh it just yeah the clip drops at 7 p.m i mean all day and yeah. again it's newsworthy it's important to see it it's important to not watch it if you don't want but the media they knew this was going to lead every story we knew this and and i have to ask you dr tisby what do you say to people who just look at this and want to despair in the very city where dr king's life was taken that these five men who have been so brutalized in their own life that they would brutalize this guy as part of their job, a guy that they never should have stopped on a spiritual level. What do you, what would you say to the spiritually exhausted Americans of faith who just don't even know how we're going to go forward when the, when the disease runs this deep in our national heart? These are those instances when we have to preach to ourselves. Cause I'm definitely one of those people who, feels like are things ever going to change and and to be quite honest i don't know when it comes to policing in the united states um and so it's a time for lament i'm i'm big on feeling what you feel and not rushing toward the silver lining or the the notes of hope even though i do believe there are some but but this is a time when i'm i'm sitting with the passage that says how long o lord uh, will, can you hear our cries? Will, will, will you turn a blind eye to this knowing full well, God is not, but also acknowledging our humanity. And that's what it feels like sometimes. And so lament and sadness and weeping with those who weep, I think is completely appropriate. I think it's from a spiritual frame. This this demonstrates evil is real. And I, I I have a Bible reading app and the verse today was the one that says for our struggles, not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And boy, doesn't it feel like that right now? You have written so beautifully and extensively um, about this scourge of Christian nationalism or fundamentalism or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we've talked before. I, I've always felt that when in the 1800s, Bibles began having illustrations that could show a blue eyed, blonde haired Jesus, that that was one of the worst things that ever could have happened to Christianity in this country. And here we are today where instead of the conservative Christians being the ones standing up and saying that racism in any form is an insult to Jesus, we keep seeing again and again conservative right-wing Christian nationalism running cover, running interference, and consistently trying to dull the effects and dull the evil of racism. Yes. Well, we see how the far right showed what they thought, truly thought, of law enforcement when they stormed the Capitol and brutalized uh, law enforcement there. So it's never for them truly been about backing the blue as the slogan goes it's yeah. been about power it's been about authority as long as it's in their favor if um, they cared about cops they wouldn't want criminals to have easy access to ar-15s it's exactly. just tribalism and when the cops are useful to their argument they'll praise them when the cops are in the way they'll run over them on the steps 
And I truly have, I, I truly think this is a time for impatience. Um, these are the moments when I actually feel emboldened not to take the BS that people want to throw. Um, so this is the wrong time to, 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 to try to come at people of conscience with, well, he shouldn't have ran or, you know, these are a few bad apples. No, 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 no. We saw the video or heard it. And, and as a matter of fact, I couldn't watch it. I tried to, but to me, it was the sound. Yeah. To me, it was hearing him scream and plead. I didn't do anything. It was hearing the cops shouting, hearing their footsteps running on the asphalt, chasing him. I couldn't get to further than that. Um, hearing and the then cop heard, being winded, hearing this cop being winded and gasping for breath because he was so out of shape and had been beating a man so hard. I mean, there's a whole yeah. extended section where the cop is just leaning against the car, getting his breath because the act of brutalizing a nonviolent man has winded him. W. Kamal Bell, he he wrote that, um, you know, he, he, he feels like he has to watch these things because of his work. And he said what stuck out to him was at no point did they appear professional or in control or like experts at what they were doing as if they were trained or anything like that. It, they, he said it, it, it felt like they were immature and completely um, beholden to whatever the moment. Uh, reaction was so that's right yeah i could definitely see that no one seems to be in charge in this video no one's trying to de-escalate no one points out the guy's subdued no one objects when they punch this man in the face and he's wearing handcuffs and can't fight back it was a and, scourging i mean i i want to call it a lynching but it's a biblical scourging this was a crucifixion mm. and can i just say i was a, a teacher uh, middle school and a, and, a, and a middle school principal. And one of the first things they taught you and absolutely insisted on was de-escalation. Yeah, if a always. student was, was acting up, um, being dangerous to themselves or others, what you didn't do is try to match their level of emotion or anger. And what you certainly didn't do was try to exceed it, especially because you're supposed to be the authority figure in the situation. And it, how can it be that teachers have better de-escalation skills than police officers who have guns and weapons that can literally take people's lives? That just seems wrong to me. I mean, we should all be able to de-escalate a situation like that. And that's what's so tragically frustrating is it absolutely didn't have to go this way it didn't you know I, I know what a utopian world might look like i can imagine what love and brotherhood and sisterhood might look like but i i, I want to ask you jamar what might progress look like i mean mm -hmm. ending qualified immunity not having our cops be social workers with guns i mean what a federal action, a federal set of standards that can be applied to every police precinct throughout the country. I mean, at this point, with so much despair and so many people giving up hope and patience and giving into rage, what would progress look like? So we know that in the 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 fundamental meaning of the word radical is getting down to the root of something. It's incidents like these that are happening again and again and again and again that caused people to say, uh, defund the police. 
It causes people to say that there is no reforming a system that from its roots was about controlling black bodies and brutalizing them if necessary. And even other people, black people can get caught up in that system. And the more these incidents happen, the more people are going to say that. So I don't know. I mean, we've got body cameras. That's that's part of the video that we have in this incident. Yeah. Did it prevent it? No. Might it be helping to hold them accountable after the fact? Maybe. Um, we, we we saw swift action within a, a few weeks. They were fired and charged when in the past, A, nobody's been fired or charged, or B, it's taken a very, very long time. Is that progress? I don't know. Maybe. Is there a differential kind of swiftness toward the consequences when it's all black police officers versus when it's a white police officer? Woo, there's all the, these layers. But I think I... fundamentally, we've got to rethink what public safety means we've got to think in terms of healing and repair and not just policing and punishment and until we change that those narratives then these things are going to continue to happen i want to thank you for another tweet you had earlier that really stayed with me you wrote i've often wondered why we recognize so few black people in the conversation about opposing white christian nationalism I think it's because black people have been fighting religious racism by necessity for centuries. We may not label it WCN, but we know it and resist it. And it's really true. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that we can see all kinds of brand new alliances of people of faith with atheist and agnostic brothers and sisters of good conscience, realizing that their commonalities outweigh their differences, whatever their spiritual backgrounds are, and working together to fight these social ills because... <laughs> No one understands white Christian nationalism more than black Christians. It's true. That's right. That's right. I, I, I am I am often sort of taken aback when there's a conference or a panel about white Christian nationalism and the majority, if not all, the commentators are white. I assume I, I guess the assumption is that since they're white and they're talking about white Christian nationalism, they'll know what they're talking about. But actually, it's the it's the people who have been victimized by injustice exactly. who actually understand it the most clearly. And the reality is there would be no black church without racism in the white church. And so as an institution, the black church arose in opposition to white supremacy and white Christian nationalism. And to even broaden it further, even as we're talking about police brutality, uh, we're talking about black people who for generations have seen the dangers and experienced the harm of this system. And when will policymakers and people in power and the the, the voices who, who dominate the discussion really sit and listen to black people and other people from marginalized communities, which just to close out my comment, this is what happened in Florida with the AP African-American studies. So often people value black people for our presence, but not for our perspective. So that AP African-American studies actually shifts the frame. It changes the narrative. And then you're not just a brown face to put on the brochure. Now you yes. actually have a voice and an opinion and you want things to change and we can't have that. So let's reject the whole program itself. 
And the same people who don't want the history of the black experience taught, the same people who don't want the history of American apartheid and slavery taught, they're the same people who don't want the history of January 6th taught, and they're the same people who don't want the actual teachings of Jesus taught, because the, mm. old, the greatest thing to fight fake Christians continues to be real Christians who've actually read the Jesus parts of the book, and that's why I find your ministry to be so important and, uh, and so dangerous to just the right people. Doctor, what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with your work? Well, um, as you've mentioned, I'm active on social media at Jamar Tisby on Twitter and Instagram. And also I write frequently at my Substack, jamartisby.substack.com. I love your writing. And I thank you so much for joining us this late in the day. Really a pleasure. Again, happy new year to you. Have a great weekend, sir. Thank you. Thank you. We are going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, it's going to be your calls all the way till midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific. We are at 866-997-4748. We'll be right back. This is Progress. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. And we are back. On Sirius XM Progress, I'm John saying I want to thank all of tonight's guests, uh, Jamar Tisby and Brian Karam, and thank all of our callers, and thank you guys for helping us uh, through our little technical difficulties. Uh, and now it's time to end the week with the least inspiring thing you'll hear from the least inspiring American. Speaking at an event in Miami, former VP Mike Pence says he hopes to inspire Americans with the way he handled the classified documents found at his new Indiana mansion. Our national security depends on the proper handling of classified and sensitive materials. And I, uh, I know that when errors are made, it's important that they be resolved swiftly and disclosed. And my only hope is that as the American people look at our conduct in this matter, that they see that we acted above politics and put the national interest first. And I pledge to each and every one of you and to the American people that we will continue to do so. So help me God. It's like it's it's like mayonnaise came to life. And the first thing it said was, I'm better than you. I mean, the pomposity. No one cares about Mike Pence's documents. 
No one cares that Mike Pence is pretend. And you notice what he was trying to do. He was trying to find a way to smear Joe Biden while saying what I did was fine. Joe Biden wasn't by saying how promptly I reported it. Mike Pence will never be president and Donald Trump will never be president again. (laughs) And that's a good thing, folks. The struggle continues. Guys, thank you all. Um, And thank you for the very thoughtful calls tonight. It's a rough day to have to look on videotape and see how dark America's underbelly still can be, to see how much suffering is continuing, to see how much abuse continues. But just never forget, there's more of us. And the people who know this is wrong outnumber the ones who want to get away with it. Thank you for inspiring me. Peace. Peace.